What up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another edition of Talking Pop. It's the podcast on all things pop culture. As always, I'm your host, The Franchise. And of course, joining me is my co-host, Biko. What's up, guys? Um, if you guys are having issues making phone calls or receiving phone calls, and you're on T-Mobile, guess what? We're not the only ones. We're also T-Mobile customers. And yeah, we're feeling the downside right now. I know T-Mobile, I've been, it's like one of the top trending things on Twitter right now. Um, there's been so many memes about it right now. And um, pretty much... Uh, yeah, you can't make phone calls right now that to the point that like T-Mobile is pretty much telling you guys to use like other calling services, like web-based services like WhatsApp or Messenger or um, some other ones right now because that's the only way because it's like it sucks for like the people that you'll use the network for work and stuff so they can't get it hold like, you know, I mean, I feel bad for people that work on the Dash, like like DoorDash and stuff, those driving apps where they have to try to call the customer or something. That's going to be hard if they're on the network right now. So it kind of like sucks right now. Um Pretty much, you know, we want, this is a momentous occasion for the podcast because right now we're actually streaming not just an audio right now. We're recording the audio right now. But if you're on Twitch right now, look for us on TalkPop8591 right now on Twitch. We're also on Restream. And also, you can check, go on the YouTube channel search The Franchise. We're actually streaming live right now in, our, in the comfort of our undisclosed location right now. As you can see, there's a t-shirt behind us um, that has the logo of the podcast. You can actually pick up a t-shirt at our store at teespring.com slash pop. We got shirts, we got tank tops, we got hoodies, we got coffee mugs with the Popster Not logo on there, and pretty much all the proceeds goes to support this podcast. We also want to thank our sponsor, Anchor, for supporting the podcast. Pretty much Anchor pretty much is like the easiest way to create and monetize your podcast. They help you pretty much link to other platforms and to help you to set up your podcast i mean to the point you can record from your tablet laptop or even on your phone with the app you can even invite your friends uh to have them join your, your podcast and of course over there behind me is our little terror elf but um other than that um today's episode is going to be pretty much new stuff but i wanted to get the timosa stuff out of the way because right now that's a big issue right now especially like i said if you use your phone for work and stuff Pretty much, and I've been seeing all the memes right now, and it's kind of mixed. Right now, it's giving people who are not on T-Mobile, who are trying to contact their friends and family through it, pretty but much. Like, but, like, we're, besides the memes and talking about that... And right now, we got a killer yeah, elf. He's, he's a menace, so he's never going to run away, but it's fine. So, elf is making his live video on Twitch. So, but, uh, so, with the T-Mobile situation going on, it's more than just people laughing at it. It's not good... Um, there's an article I pulled up on CNET, uh, T-Mobile down nationwide outage, knockout calls, text for T-Mobile customers, which I think it's only happened to certain people's, uh, phones, depending on the area. I've been getting texts all day just fine, except I can't make calls. Um, but it says if your T-Mobile service was having issues today, you're not alone. The third largest wireless carrier is seemingly having widespread issues around the country impacting the ability to make calls or te- and texts. It's still unclear what the issue was caused for and how it's going to be resolved. Users across the country took to Twitter to note the outage, which if you know Twitter or if you or at least use Twitter, you know how inflammatory that place could be. So I'm not surprised that people took to, to the Twitterverse to just bash them, let alone on T-Mobile's own page. But it says, with T-Mobile's rising to the top spot after acquiring Sprint, you would expect... You would think that they would kind of hash things out. And maybe that could be the issue with merging everything. Um, but Twitter is... Uh, T-Mobile's trending is the highest trending-ish topic right now as of 9 p.m. Eastern Eastern time. 
The main issue appears to be with the calls and texts, with users saying that the data was working normally. Neville Ray, the T-Mobile's president of technology, acknowledged in a tweet that the carrier was having an outage and said that the carrier hopes to have this fixed shortly. In a tweet sent shortly after 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Ray says the carrier was still working to fix calls and texts while recommending that users use apps like FaceTime, WhatsApp, and iMessage to communicate. So my phone seems to be working because T-Mobile also works through iMessage. So you can send SMS texts, but also you get the iMessage thing if you are texting a person who also is with the Apple device. Yeah, like... So we bypass that... And then um, if you have, like, WhatsApp right now, like, I can still send you a text. Yeah. Um, if you have WhatsApp, as long as you got your friends and family using WhatsApp right now, you can still make calls. Because right now, it's like the data is working right now. It's just the whole thing of making calls and receiving. It's, it's just the network. And, of course, you know, with them, with Sprint merging right now, I wonder if they're doing this as a test right now. And that's I think it's the whole process of trying to merge the two networks well, that's causing some type of, you know, disruption. But it's funny because, like I said, it hit us like about it hit about, it hit our phones like about one o'clock, and like I said, I've been following Twitter. I've been following them under Twitter Twitter thing, and so far there hasn't been any updates. So, like I said, it's pretty sucks right now because you know, especially like I said, especially if you're working right now or trying to talk to your friends through a regular phone, and oh. it's like pretty much it's like it's kind of hard. And like, and who knows, your family might not have WhatsApp, so it's like they don't know what you're talking about. I mean, so it's just another chat thing. It's another chat thing, but it's like not. Not many people here in the U.S. use it. It's more like outside the U.S. And apparently, um, T-Mobile's not the only one. There seems to be reporting that, let's see, addition to Google Fi, which they run, they're the underlying support network that provides service to other characters, carriers such as T-Mobile, but they also run it for Metro, which is a, a division The Metro PCS, yeah. But also... They do underlying network capabilities for Sprint, U.S. Cellular, Verizon, and AT&T. And, and, and so all of our carrier, the popular carriers in the world, the four major ones, they're all down. So they're not the only ones. And obviously the work and work time is just done. And another thing which I think people are forgetting to that they didn't notice is that T-Mobile's also been testing their 5G capabilities this whole weekend. And pe- I've seen people on Reddit uploading... To the specifically to the T-Mobile subreddit, different mm-hmm. uh, their network speeds, such as the upload and download rate, which is a very important to see, and it is it's very good so far. So that could be also tweaking it. Yeah, um, I think that's what it. And plus, you know, getting the Sprint now and getting like their connections. I'm thinking this is what it is. I think it's what it is. They're doing the test right now. The, the, the like you said, the five G capability, and of course, you know, with T-Mobile and Sprint coming together as one big company. And, you know, absorbing all those, all those like extra, you know, phones into one thing, it, it could, yeah, it could uh, disrupt the network right now. But I know, like with AT&T and Verizon right now, I heard that they're making statements or claiming that their networks are fine right now. It's just, yeah, there was just a little, a I think I saw like updates from them space, right now right. that said that they're pretty much, you know, um, they said they're up and running, but right now it's just right now, it's like I said, it's right now, it's, Eight o'clock at night, and right now my phone is just the same emergency calls. But I mean, you can still reach out. Really? Mine, mine's just fine. That's so weird. Yeah, but it's like I don't know. Yeah, see, mine still says like emergency calls right now, so I can't do. It. I reset this phone like so many times, and I can't even do anything. So I don't know. If it's affecting people with with Samsung phones. I don't know if that's the case as well. But it's like I reset this phone already, and nothing's going on. So it's like. I don't know what to do, so it's like I we said it like so many times, you know, and then our mom keeps like bugging, like she's having issues as well because, you know, when it comes to you know 
my dad, our dad's like pretty much, you know, he's technology, you know, he doesn't use like those uh, messaging apps. And the problem is he's a contractor, so it's kind of hard for him, you know, to get the calls from his customers right now, which kind of sucks because he gives them his cell phone number and they can't contact him. He's not him. the best texter either. But and if, so, if, if Samsung's a, at least particular to their devices having this issue, which I'm iPhone, so I don't really have that as of all day, but, but they still I'm having run. other issues to deal with. But um, I wanted to point out because... Now, I don't know if this is part of just the... It's the same article on CNET, but it's... I don't know if it sounds like the... the I want to say the author of this article and goes off. He's saying, what went wrong? A possible configuration issue, but not an attack. Matthew Prince, the co-founder and CEO of web infrastructure and security firm Cloudflare, has a possible reason for the issue, a change in T-Mobile's network configuration that went wrong. After rumors circulated outline... Online, that outage was a result of an attack on America's communications networks. Prince took to the social network to note that he believes the reality is far more boring. They were making some changes to their network configurations today, he writes in a second tweet. Unfortunately, it went badly. The result has been for around the last six hours a series of cascading failures for the users, impacting both their voice and data networks. The outage then led to people complaining, as we have mentioned below, and then Dow Detector, which further added to the rumor that a, distri a stri distributed denial of service, or a DDoS attack, was underway to take down T-Mobile's network. Prince says Clawfare didn't see any traffic spikes on any of the major internet in exchanges that would usually occur if such an attack were actually taking place. Instead, he surmises that T-Mobile's troubles were from the carrier itself just having a bad day almost certainly entirely of their own team's making, but not one brought on by any outside attack. T-Mobile declined to comment when, when about Prince's tweets. So this was published uh, today at 12.55 p.m. Pacific time, so it was several hours ago, um, and there still seems to be facing the same issue. So please, um, as much as anyone wants to jump on that shit, just Try to be considerate and understand that like there's there's humans in there that are working double time to get this shit going. I mean, T-Mobile's a big fucking carrier, and for them, with the acquisition of Sprint, only put them on the top. I think and to think about it, they're no longer part of the main branch. Was in Germany. Remember, they went their own way. I mean, they bought like the CEO. He bought the T-Mobile name from you know the main the main company, which was based in Germany. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's like this. That's why they went to like T-Mobile USA. Of course, now with Sprint, you know, I mean, Sprint, you think about it, Sprint had issues as well. Remember when they absorbed Nextel? When they absorbed oh, them. Yeah, well, when they absorbed them. So they had the main, they had the main issues as well. So it's like, you know, they had that as well. So that kind of like sucks right now. And, you know, that's what, it's, like I said, it's, it's affecting a lot of everybody, you know, especially if they're using their phone for work. Yeah, so... Hopefully, guys, hopefully, I mean, they're working around the clock right now. I've been checking right now their Twitter feed right now, and so far it hasn't been. The last update was like two or three four hours ago, our yeah. time. So I know for a fact they're pushing their hard. I've been noticing, like, it's like my thing. It kept going back and forth my phone. It kept going back. It said, it'll say, like, T-Mobile on the top, then it goes back to where call. So I'm thinking they're still doing diagnostic tests just to make sure nothing's happening. So they're probably constantly monitoring the, the networks right now, but hopefully... I'm praying, I'm crossing my fingers, guys, if I see on the camera, but I'm crossing my fingers that hopefully, you know, they fix this issue. Um, other than that, um, hope you guys had a lovely weekend. It is Monday right now. Um, um, like I said, last weekend, you know, last week, you know, the big thing was the PS5 was unveiled. And 
A lot of games were announced. Like last, a lot of games were announced. The big one, of course, being Spider-Man Miles Morales. It's freaking awesome because he's stepping in life. If you played Spider-Man for well, PlayStation Four, let's talk about. Well, before we get into what games are going to be coming out, we should talk about like what the PS Five actually is, like what we were given. Because during their keynote, they released this thing that it looks at least just by looking at the pictures if you guys haven't looked or googled it um they're everywhere right now there's several articles just within the first google page referring to it what you heard earlier was just a video i tried to pull up but it would not close for some damn reason and i didn't want to get any copyright flags so but for the most part looking at this machine it looks like something that tesla designed like very similar to the space suits from the last previous launch that then happened like a week ago mm-hmm. but does it look like it's out of the future? Definitely. I mean, if for them to... what they said it's not really coming out till next year, right? No, it's coming out this holiday, dude. Oh, shit. They're crazy, dude. Gonna it's be because... Boring. Yeah, right now... It's funny because right now... They just... Like, they just... The EA announced... And it's funny because they're still announcing games for the PS4. And to me, you know, I own a PS4. I'm like... And I'm not... You know, with people barely starting to get back to work right now with the whole, you know, COVID right now... And businesses are slowly opening up right now. Depending on where you live. Depending on where you live, guys. But some states, you know, they're showing a number of cases going up. But right now, it's like, I think with Sony doing this, it's like they're trying to, you know, give some optimism. Like, let's, you know, Xbox reveal what their system is called, Xbox Series X. Let's go with the PS5. Um, and then, you know, they did announce that it's going to be pretty much, they're, they're racing both editions. I mean, looking at it, it looks kind of sleek. It looks, you know, you know, when they showed the dev kit, like people think, oh, that's what it's gonna look like. And you know, the rumors saying, um, if it's gonna be, you know, I think we keep sticking to the disc drive, because you know, with the whole thing about digital and stuff, and you know, and you know, people's like, you know, if you're using your PS4 for watching movies, like I do sometimes, I got DVDs, I got Blu-rays. That's why I like having the PS4. It's because you can still play DVDs on there. DVDs are never going to go away. It's a medium that's good because people still click DVDs. Same thing with VHS. You know, when VHS came over to DVD, people kept using VHSs because, I mean, there were still... VHS still made made to 2002. Like, the VHS was still properly used because, you know... DVDs for players were expensive as hell in those days. But with this system itself, I mean, based on the look, it looks like, you know, it's like... People are saying it looks like a router with a freaking, like, a... Uh, pretty much like if you slap like a cover over a router basically but it's sleek you know they went for like more streamlined and it gives you the opportunity to lay it flat you know have it standing up it's got vents on the sides um and they had the two models i had the digital model which is a digital only um and it also has the regular um, ultra high definition blu-ray drive so you can play movies and stuff on it which is awesome um and pretty much it, it, like the thing is i'm i just pulled up like pretty much like the comparison chart between you know PS5 and Xbox Series X just to see what the comparison I mean they both have they're both saying the target date right now is holiday 2020 this is from IGN um that's no now it's on price that's one thing I saw in the keynote like, like I said I always saw some of the highlights of it but um like I said they show like their games they show at the end they show what it looked like and they show the accessories for it um the one thing that's the one thing people are debating on what the cost is going to be like, some people are projecting possibly 500 some people are saying 700 because there's like a european retailer site that was showing like the pre-order 
and they had to take the screen down because somebody actually uploaded on Reddit saying, oh, yeah, is this true or not? It was $700. I'm like, is that true or not? We don't I know. Mean, and Sony has not come forward to say, you know, is that the price right now? We don't know what the cost is. But comparing to both of them, you know, the RAM on it, they both pretty much have the same type of RAM. So they're both like 16 gig GDDR6 RAM. Um, the PS5 is a 256-bit. Xbox, pretty much the same thing. Um, the memory bandwidth between the two... About 448 giga- gigabytes per second for the PS5. About 10 gigabytes at 100, 560 gigabytes at 60 gigabytes at 335 gigabytes per second for the X for the Xbox Series X. Um, they pretty much their core looks like their CPU pretty much are the 8 times Zen 2 cores at 305 gigahertz. Um, same thing with the P- Xbox um, Series X. Uh, with a 3.6 gigahertz SMT, which I don't know. I mean, going to techniques. Yeah, I mean, they both gonna support 4K. Um, they're gonna refresh rate. I mean, storage wise, um, the PS5 will have a custom 825 gigabyte solid state storage drive, and pretty much the with the Xbox Series X, um, it'll have a terabyte solid state drive like a different type um but it will have an external storage slot so for the ps5 you'll have an external storage slot so you can add additional memory to it instead before where you if you wanted to change it out i mean you had two options you can just plug in a seagate reformat it to your ps4 or you can open it up and add a hard drive for it but i think they did that the whole i think they decided to have an expansion slot i mean even the xbox series x will have one i guess they're making a deal with with seagate so like a deal with them, so they'll have expandable slot, which is not bad. Um, they they'll have USB support built for specifically for the hard drive, uh, which is cool because I think they're trying to you know make people not try to pry open their systems to freaking just put a hard drive because you know things gonna happen with the warranty and stuff. Um, the big issue that I saw in the keynote for the PlayStation Five keynote was they didn't mention anything about you know backwards compatibility because that's a big thing for everybody right now. Because, you know, with people buying all these games at PS4, especially with me, buy them on digital, will they transfer over? That's the big issue. And apparently, according to what IGN put under the comparison chart, so far, the the only backwards compatibility that can confirm right now this time are PS4 games. And I know with Sony, they're adding, you know, PS5, PS1 games or PS2 games, they're remastering them for the PS4. Um, of course, you got the PlayStation Now streaming service or the Xbox Games Pass as well. And then um, what IGN has, you know, they'll have Xbox or 360, Xbox One accessories, backwards capabilities. So you can use the accessories; they're interchangeable. I think let's say with the PS5 VR, uh, you have the VR for the PS4. You can use that same equipment for the PS5, which I've seen so far. You can use that set, so that set is transferable. Um, like I said, uh, controller-wise, if you look at the controllers, you think about it. Just, um, I mean, the Xbox Series X controller, it looks the same. I don't see a little difference about it. It's still streamlined. Looks like the Xbox One. The PS5, they went with a DualSense type controller. Um, they kind of tried to make the shape, you know, they pretty much frail go the shape they had originally and try to streamline kind of similar to the Xbox uh, style controller. Um, but the only difference between the two controllers is, of course, that the analog six is going to be, uh, of course, on the bottom where your thumbs are. And, of course, button placement will still be the same. The only difference is now the shape is going to be different. Which... Because honestly, you've seen like if you go to Amazon like and Xbox stuff, you can. One controller. 
It's just an, they both like Xbox One controllers. That's basically what it is. And the light bar, of course, you remember the PS4 controller has a light bar in the back. It's more like on the way this picture is, it's pretty much more like it's lined up where the touchpad is. And I think they did that just uh, for people, like, if they get post instances, they can get used to, like, the feel of both controllers. I think that's what it is. So, like, cross, you know, platform yeah. type, of, type of deal. I mean, they're both wireless. It says they're both wireless, built-in microphone and stuff. Um, of course, uh, PlayStation 5 apparently has a create button, and uh, Xbox Series X has a share button. Um, so perfect. You can use a headset for it. It has a rechargeable internal battery. Um, of course, you know, the only difference between the PS5 and Xbox Series X is the PS5, the PlayStation controllers so far since the 3 all have rechargeable batteries built in. Versus the Xbox controllers since the 360, you always had to put AA batteries. So you have that. Unless you buy like one of those rechargeable battery packs for your Xbox Series X controller and get a charger for it. But the difference I notice now is. They're both going to be using the USB Type-C, not the micro USB like before. Because my phone, you know, is using the USB now. USB-C type, you know, plug. So that's one similarity. But that's the one up between that PS5 and Xbox Series X is you have a built-in battery for your PS, PS5 controller versus, you know, you got to buy batteries for your Xbox Series X. Right. So, I mean... You both have subscription service right now. They haven't confirmed about the apps yet and stuff. Like I said, it's barely early right now. We're barely in June. And, you know, with no E3 this year. And, you know, we probably, they're probably going to have... I'm, I'm assuming Microsoft and Sony will have more press conferences later on. And updates and stuff. Since not the fact there's no E3 show this year due to COVID. So a lot of these events have been canceled or they're switching over to virtual. So we'll probably hear more details right now. But I do want to talk about the games a little bit. That they launched, there they showed at the keynote. So let me see, if I can pull up like the list of games. Let's see if I can search on Google here. Because I know they show like the P. They show like a few trailers for them. For some of the games. Yeah, the first party games so far. No, I just. I... Oh, here we go. I got this from Tech Radar. It looks like it has the list. And, of course, the first one on the list is Miles Morales. Um, Spider-Man, Miles Morales. I mean, there were reports earlier this week saying, you know, because Samia Games are developing it for PlayStation Studios. And, of course, um, they did Spider-Man, which was a great game. I enjoyed it. You know, it's been a while since we had a Spider-Man game. You know, that kind of gave you that feel of Spider-Man 2. That's <laughs> right, the movie 2 movie game where you can explore New York and of course what I liked about it it introduced Miles Morales to this you know they were in the same universe so seeing this trailer I'm assuming that it's going to be you know it's good he's the main focus like I said right now it's not an expansion it's an actual it's a standalone game itself um but based on the trailer and stuff it's like it's showing what he has to do, shows his abilities, what he can do. Like, he doesn't have the same abilities as Peter Parker, but he's got different abilities. Um, but I'm assuming he's going to address, you know, what happened to Peter, you know? I mean, if you played, you know, Spider-Man, the PS4 game, I don't want to spoil it for you guys. But it's a really good game. I want you guys to play that yourself. But I'm assuming Peter's going to have some impact in that game to the point where Miles starts. Because he's at the, if you played Spider-Man PS4, there's more about the Miles Morales story in there. I kind of like they took some of his origins in there. Um, and here it looks like he's stepping up. But it doesn't show too much, but the graphics look great. I'm assuming these graphics are taken from the PS5. And it looks amazing. 
you know, and it's cool seeing Miles Morales get in the spotlight. I mean, if you've seen Into the Spider-Verse, I enjoyed that movie very well, too. So, I'm looking forward to this game. I mean, that's one of the games that will get me to a PS5, but for me, I'm going to hold off right now <laughs> until I find out what the price is, you know. That's one of them. Um, of course, Gran Turismo 7 was announced also at the PS5 uh, keynote, at PlayStation keynote. And, you know, Gran Turismo, man, it's one of the top driving sims. And it looks so crisp, man. This trailer, man, these cars look so, like, sleek. It's like you feel like you're actually inside the car. So, in, in it, it looks amazing, you know. That looks really Grammy. If you ever play a Gran Turismo game in the past, um, it looks amazing. But then they're sitting here in this article from Tech Radar saying this is the first uh, number GT racing game since GTA 6, GT6 in 2013. Because remember, for PS4, it was called GT Sport. So it's the first number thing. Another thing they do announce was something called Godfall, which pretty much it's like here what Tech Writer are calling it pretty much like a hack and slash type of Destiny with a little bit of Borderlands mixed in, or they're simply calling it Borderlands with swords. That's their opinion. Um, I seen the trailer for it. It's not bad. Um, it's like one of those open world type games, and it looks like it's got a solo or co op P versus E game. Looks extra. This is according to um, Tech Radar. So you get to group, uh, get to play with other buddies as well and explore the landscape itself. And of course, um, Horizon Forbidden West was announced, a sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, of course, Aloy, she's back. She's in a new adventure. It's a sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, and pretty much she's exploring a different part of the world, basically. Of course, you know, if you are familiar with Horizon Zero Dawn, if you're not, pretty much takes place. In a post-apocalyptic world where basically the Earth re-terraform and civilization has reverted back to, you know, the tribes and stuff. And, of course, you know, technology has, you know, changed the landscape. Like, animals became somewhat a technological hybrids. Yeah. And it follows this girl named Aloy who, you know, wants to be recognized as a hunter. She does all this hunting. There's, it, it, there's elements of hunting, stealth, fulfilling requests. It's an open-world type of game. I barely start. I want to get into it. I mean, I have the game. I have the DLC. I need to get into it and play it. But um, the game looks amazing. Like the trailer looks amazing for. Her. I'm looking forward to. It. You know, she's one of a few mascots for the PS4. You know, running Dame Studios. And another thing that was announced: Oddworld, <laughs> Soulstorm. Um, that's crazy because uh, when they Oddworld was like an old PC game, and you know when they remade it in 2014. Um, they decided to do a new sequel to it, and it looks interesting. Like I haven't, I'm not. I mean, I'm familiar with the Owl World series, but I, I never, you know, played it. But I know what Ape looks like, and you know, I seen the trailers for it. I mean, if you're into that series, I know you're probably definitely gonna enjoy it. Um, it's like it's all about you know, pretty much you know helping you know Ape and is helping his people pretty much. So it's like a lot of like platforming. There's some exploration as well. Um, it says here it's the next game in the series. Um, Abe, who just serves off a worker bee, complains cynically an uprising with his fellow Mudikins against their exploitive capitalistic overlords, the Gluckins. So it's pretty much the rising of the employee versus the employer, basically, type of thing. Which So what we're kind of seeing now, hopefully, which needs to happen. Yeah. So, and then one thing, if you're a big Resident Evil fan, of course, Resident Evil 8 Village was announced as well, and I saw the trailer for it. If you played Resident Evil 7, um, there looks like they're going to keep the whole first-person perspective, which is awesome. Kind of like that, because it, it, it kind of gives you a more experience. Like, if you play Resident Evil 7 in the dark, in first-person view, it makes it more intense. 
it gets you more your your adrenaline going, and it, it, it's pretty much you know more fun. Um, and it's going to take place. It looks like it takes place a little after seven, because based on the trailer, um, Ethan's there. If you remember Ethan and Mia, he saved his wife Mia. If he played Resident Evil Seven, you know, trying to relax and stuff, and all of a sudden Chris Redfield makes an appearance, ends up killing Mia, and then of course Ethan is downtrodden to the point he pretty much casts himself off. He's in this like. When it's this remote village, and there's like based on the traders, like people, and they're being affected as well. Because if you remember, Resident Evil Seven is like this fungus was the main, you know, cause. It was like a genetically mutated fungus that has the ability to manipulate people. Yeah. So with this going back to the first person, but I've been reading like like articles from like IGN and CB and CBR, and they're saying that you not only play as Ethan, but you play as two other characters, so you get to play as three different protagonist so, so but the trailer looks like amazing like the like i said a lot of this footage is from like the playstation 5 so they are using the engine like i said when it comes to new games they'll send the development kit ahead of time to start working on it and of course um if you ever played blackborn or dark souls um of course there's the first game demon souls they just announced like 10 years since it was on the ps3 um, they announced a remake of Demon Souls. Demon Souls has been remade for the PS5. So if you remember with Dark Souls, it's an RPG where pretty much it's shitty hard. You die constantly, but you're trying to find ways to come back and try to beat it. Um, some of the crew from Dark Souls went to create Bloodborne. That's a PS4 exclusive. But of course, everyone else had Dark Souls. So this is Demon Souls, which is the, the first game. And like, and like I said, if you ever played it, you prepare to be frustrated. I haven't played. I didn't play Demon Souls for PS3. I didn't have. We didn't have luxury. Only a PS3 because we were at that time before I went back to Sony. I was an Xbox person, so I know. Like I know people that played Demon Souls and pretty much they hated it to the point they sometimes they were afraid to throw the controller and break it. So it's like, ah, uh, it's gonna be good. <laughs> pretty much prepare to prepare to get your frustrations again and get your heart racing again, but. And that's pretty much it. And of course, Rockstar Games are following the same thing as Bethesda. Because how many versions of Skyrim do we have? Because they always keep porting it so much. So now they just announced that GTA 5 is coming to PS5. They're enhancing it, adding more stuff. Um, basically, they're in, it says they're calling... This is what the Rockstar is claiming that it's going to be new and enhanced version of it so i wanted to adding more stuff and they're streamlining it, making it more sleek to run on the engine i'm guessing they're gonna run on the engine for the ps5 um it says it's coming out in 2021 and it says there those still playing P- the gta online portion of the game on ps4 we get 1 million of in-game cash every month until it's ps5 release but what they did say that if you don't have the base game they're gonna give you play a um, gta online for free if you don't have the base game so if you don't buy this one, there's the Rockstar is gonna still let you buy, let you play GTA Online because that's the one thing honestly they're still making them money. Yeah. Because it's based on in-game currency, um, that's the thing that's still going. People use it. People use it right now for you know role playing as well. This is a lot of those like role players that use the GTA Five you know on PC engine to do role playing games. They use it as a role playing. They're kind of like LARPing, but more like a digital version of it. Yeah. But. Yeah, they're following the same route because I saw the memes for that one, and it's like, because people were hoping when they said, "Oh, Rockstar Games is going to announce fine, we're going to see what GTA Six is. Is it going to happen?" But for right now, it looks like we're just going to 
have an enhanced version of uh, GTA 5, and it says it's coming out. Like I said, it says it's coming out next year. And then um, PlayStation announced Project Athea. I guess it's the working title right now. It looks like it's, uh, it's a new IP from Square Enix. Uh, it's pretty much, it says here, set in a lush fantasy world full of creatures and giant dragons. It looks to be set in a large-scale action adventure melding the magic-wielding elements of the Final Fantasy games with some of the large-scale environments you expect from an open-world game. Um, it's like, it's by probably, right now it's the working title right now, but it looks amazing. I mean, if you ever play Final Fantasy, I haven't played Remake yet. I'm still, I'm probably will get it soon. And see, you know, and if there, if it looks anything what this looks like, I'm, I look forward to it. Another game is called Solar Ash. It looks like it's um, Heart Machine's follow-up to the lauded and tough Hyperlight Drifters, a Solar Ash, another personal game about reflection and progress. And this is from Tech Radar, their, this is the quote they're saying, a corner PlayStation blog post. Given how similar the protagonists look in the old game and the new, perhaps the game's a link, but for now, all we know is Solar Ash is that players will try to stay alive as they travel through a world-swallowing space strip called the Ultra Void. Expect dynamic, gorgeous levels and slick action worthy of the next game by Hyperlight Drifters, the same creators. So, looks like it's more like a platformer as well. And of course, um, one thing I did see, Ratchet and Clank are coming back with a new game. It's called Rift Apart. Classic. That's kind of cool. I mean, it looks like, and what they're saying, it looks like uh, if a Pixar film came to life. I mean, it looks so close. And basically, you get to see Ratchet and Clank again. Like I said, the last adventure we had was when they redid it for the PS4, which mostly was a tie-in to the film, which, of course, flopped at the box office. Um, of course, you know, I love Ratchet and Clank. You know, it's platforming at its best. It's, you know, you get to, like, use different, like, tools and stuff. And it looks like it also looks like a film itself, and it's like it looks like based on it, it's like you're going to cross through different dimensions. So I'm looking forward to that adventure. Of course, Sackboy, a big adventure. If you remember Little Big Planet, and those little weird, it's like it was like a level builder, pretty much. And you had these things called Sackboys, and you can dress them in funny outfits, but they were like your test things to make levels. Now they decided to do is pretty much give it its own solo game, like a spinoff. A little big plan and starting this is a 3D platform instead of a 2.5D game, giving Sony a Super Mario rival at launch with the Kingdom of a Yoshi game. Best of all, it appears to be a four player gameplay as a real by the end of the trailer, so you can play with like three other buddies as well. So, I'll be interested on in that one. Um, of course, um, NBA 2K21. It showed more like a trailer, but said it was built on the engine. Um, it's showing um, Zion Williamson on the court. Basically practicing, and you can see it to the point that they, it's so detailed to the point you see the sweat coming down his brow before he dunks, and it looks good. I mean, yeah, this, it just shows him, but it's like it looks interesting. Um, another thing is uh, another game they announced was Destruction All Stars, which according to Tech Radar, they're calling it a mishmash of Twisted Metal and Fortnite. Yeah. Destruction All-Stars is the Great. kind of bonkers multiplayer action we can get on board with. Judging from the game's explosive PS5 trailer, it appears that the battle starts with everyone inside of high-power vehicles, and then the action transitions to a frantic free-fall as you try to stop your driver from being run over. We'll be keeping a keen eye on this one. And another one I just revealed was called Deathloop. Um, it looks like the way they're describing it, it says when the Kane Lions Deathloop was available in E3 2019, it saw a trailer show players surviving on a chaotic island when everyone's trying to kill you over and over as you try to skip a time loop. But Sony's PS5 gameplay reveal gives us a lot more insane world gameplay. In Deathloop, you play Colt, 
have an enemy number one on the party island of Black Reef. You have to sneak and shoot your way past eliminating eight targets to keep you locked in Groovy Nightmares Groundhog Day. Oh, and fend off an assassin coming to take you down who might be controlled by another player. The game seems to be shaping up like an entry to Arcane's Law of Dishonor series that had been dipped in the 70s with a Righteousness Soul-based style to boot. We are pumped. <laughs> um, another game that's coming out is called Shrey. And basically, it's when I saw the screenshot of this one, the trailer, it's like robots and cats. And this is what the Tech Radar said. This is their commentary on it. It says, do you like robots? Do you like neon lights? Do you like cats? Then Stray might be the perfect game for you. From Indie Darlings, Anna Purna Interactive, to the trailer wasn't currently clear, it seems you'll be navigating a Blade Runner-style environment as a cat. One of the few living things around. It seems what exactly you have to do in the game, we're not certain yet. Fingers crossed there's a dedicated bird button. <laughs> Um, another game looks like it's more like, like, it's like an animation, like, interactive story. It's called Goodbye, Goodbye Volcano High. Uh, I looked at the artwork. It's a cool art style. It's like one of those, like, what I'm playing right now on Twitch, which is all our world's ending, kind of like a visual novel style game, but more animated. Yeah. And you can make choices this year. Many of the PS5 games showing off. Some of these reveal them are all showing off dynamic worlds full of combat eye bursting visual effects. But Goodbye Volcano High took a completely different approach. The game looks like it's going to bring up kind of a branching narrative design. This game looks like uh, it's a like near design of Life is Strange or The Walking Dead into the next generation. In an inclusive love story about teenage dinosaurs. In a way that kind of makes it a highlight of the entire PS5 games events for a certain kind of person. Hmm. And there's another game too called Returnal. It comes from the arcade specialist at Housemark K. But it's a very different type of experience to Dead, no- Dead Nation or Risagun. The third person shooter Risagun? roguelite... Holy shit. The third person shooter slash roguelike hybrid as you snuck stuck on an alien planet that transforms each time you die. An edge of tomorrow like premise with a death was there where death is part of the story. You can switch fire modes using the dual senses of death or triggers. Hitman three was also announced as well. Another hitman? Another hitman. Yeah, why not? I like I like this. Okay. So they're they're kinda of coming in strong. Ghostwire Tokyo is another. It's a PS5 exclusive, looks like. Um, from Shin Mikami and Tango Dreamworks that sees the city of Tokyo 99% depopulated by a paranormal occult event, leaving malevolent spirits, the savage Assyrian, and the survivors. It has all the hallmarks of a modern Japanese horror, down to creepy schoolgirls and faceless, faceless umbrella yielding spirits dressed like they're going to work in a Neo Tokyo bank right off Akira. You play as one of the city's survivors who develops superpowers of their own during a mysterious paranormal event. So it's up to you to defend the city against the forces besieging using all sorts of paranormal uh, abilities. Hmm. Hmm, that's interesting. Jet the Far Shore. Hmm. Kenna, the Bridge of Spirits. Like, there's a lot of like single... And they said that pretty much earlier back that we're going to try to focus more on single-player story-driven games. Yeah. <clears throat> Which, based on these trailers, it looks interesting. Like There's a lot... Astro's Playroom, that's one of the things they're saying that right now. That this game will come preloaded. To the PS5. So it'll be one of the free games you get right away. It looks like Capcom has one called Pragmata. This is not offering from Capcom. We don't know very much about Pragmata. The game's trailer shows a spaceman protecting the world and a little girl from modeling forces. And the characters walking through a desolate futuristic streets. Looks like something Hideo Kojima would concoct. It's been a while before we get our hands on Pragmata. Which will release for PS5 and Xbox Series X in 2022. That's the one game they're saying it's going to take two... Couple more years to done, um, and I guess they're gonna do some remasters of uh, Control by Remedy Entertainment. I guess they're gonna do enhanced versions for the PS5, Xbox Series X, 
Destiny 2 is crossing over to PS5. And... Yeah. And I heard it did announce like a lot of those expansions for it. Oh, good. Meaning that they're not going to be There's basically so the way they're saying that the way this article saying that it's going to be a while till they'll make a sequel. But I saw somebody I don't know if somebody leaked the image of it, but it showed like what the next plan for Destiny is. Two is like the expansions. We have four expansions. Four expansions. Yeah, days, and that's not even a new game. No. What's the fucking point of that? It's so weird. Of course, Fortnite. Of course, you get the free games. Yeah, why not? Of course, Fortnite, Warframe, probably Call of Duty Battlezone or Warzone, whatever it's called. Um, this influx of battle royale games, I think it's okay, but I think it's already hitting its bubble, in my opinion, mm-hmm. even with these past um, iterations. But at the end of the day, it's fine. I'm, I'm sure. Maybe they'll make Fortnite's a game that's good because you. Expansions for them is gonna always be key, especially because it's a pay-to-play type of game, anyways. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying it's not free to play. You can, but let's be honest here. You can spend hours and hours on Fortnite, but the people who spend money and money on it are gonna be better. I mean, like it's just obvious. And so, I'm not surprised at these titles. I mean, I'm really glad that they're starting off with a lot of new launch titles. Some, some ones, some older franchises that they want to kind of bring back up into the the new wave, I guess you could say. But I mean, that's what I've always liked about PlayStation is that they usually are pretty strong with what how many of having a solid library to start off with, as opposed to uh, Xbox only kind of sticking with the originals before they go third party, and then Nintendo notorious for being stubborn in that. But but now the years past, Nintendo has right. been more like open because now I mean I have a Nintendo Switch. You borrow it a lot of time to time. You know, like I said, Nintendo used to be closed off. They used to be just them and always select few uh, third-party developers. Now you go on Switch, like, you get a lot of indie games, which before used to be, like, on Steam and stuff. But now you get, they have a lot of indie titles, um, even, like, a lot of Japanese, like, visual novel games, which, you know, like, dating sims and stuff that you won't get anywhere because... Um, what See, what drove me to, like, going to the PS... Like, you know, when we both had 360 and... When there was the next jump in next generation, you went to Xbox One because a lot of your buddies were going over there. As for me, I was at that you know middle point. Do I want to go to PS4? Do I want to go to Xbox One? Do I want to go keep the hurt? What drove me to PS4 was for the fact that you know I'm a big fan of anime. I'm a big fan of Japan, and their lineup. It wasn't just like the, the exclusives, but having access to these, all these JRPG series I never heard of. And the ability to, yeah, you can go any part of the country. You get the, they're, they're, they're not region locked. So I can go to a different country, buy a game for PS4, and be able to play it at home without any region lock, any description. And, you know, and with that, with having the PS4, I never would have discovered Legend of Heroes. I would never discover Persona, the series. Horizon Zero Dawn, which I'm eventually going to go play. Infamous. You see series I never, i seen, I read magazines and articles on them, but I never got to experience them. Now I get to experience that fandom. Um, and like, like I said, that's the one thing that kept me because you get you get all these Japanese exclusive games that you don't get on Xbox. I'm not you know bashing the Xbox or Microsoft. You know they always try to contract like the big third party developers, not like the small Japanese studios that you know want to get the product out there. Mm-hmm. They always go with the Capcom or you know with Square Enix, you know the big guys. But never like the small indie developers like Tunisoft or, you know, Xseed, 
or you know Nice America. These games or Bandai Namco, like a lot of Bandai Namco games are on like the PS4 versus like the Xbox. So, so like I said, with me, I'm for me right now. I'm gonna wait and see what the price is, but they just announced like EA Games announced a new Star Wars game today. Um. Let me pull it up. Uh, they just released the first trailer. It's for the. It's coming to PS4. I'm assuming Xbox One as well. Um, they just announced it. They just released the first trailer today. Let me see if I can pull it up. Let me go to comicbook.com here. Um, if you remember, like in terms of Star Wars, if you remember, like uh, Rogue Squadron. Remember Star Wars Rogue Squadron? Oh, yeah, that's okay. Uh, yeah. So it's going to be something like that. You get to fly in the ships and stuff. Sweet. You can fly with your buddies, basically. You're going to be part of a squad, basically. And I'm always up It's called uh, Star Wars Squadrons. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot of space battle stuff, which is pretty cool. It's like- so they're going to have single player and multiplayer. Hey, it's the franchise from Talking Pop with the franchise of Biko. Just letting you know, we have a storefront. It's teespring.com slash Talking Pop. We got shirts. We got tank tops for men, women, kids. We also got hoodies and sweatshirts. Um, we actually have coffee mugs, and we have an iPhone case and a Samsung case with the Popsternot logo on there. Also, we have stickers, so you can put on your locker, on your laptop, wherever you want to put those stickers on there. So right now, if you go to teespring.com slash TalkingPop, and when you go to check out, use the promo code TalkPop and save $5 on your order. Support the podcast. As always, geek on and take care. fun i'm sure they're gonna add different things because i remember the first battle uh the first battlefront when they released on xbox and playstation 2 and all that they they did a good mix where you couldn't get out of the ship even when you were in those space fights and you could infiltrate the other the enemy base's ship and you can like blow up their in the insides of shit like you can take down operation consoles so for a game like that and the previous generations of consoles going that far i can see them kind of doing their homework and i'm sure they're going to base a lot of the features from Battlefront and then make it their own, but it's a Star Wars game, so it's always exciting that to have a chance to play these again. Um, considering that this time around, there's I don't want to say any names, but uh, EA, if you're not a big fan of them already, they really they're the people who develop Dice, right? They're just a Dice is a, like a like an engine. Player. It's like a gaming engine. Yeah, so like. EA is behind all the decisions, and yeah, they did good in the second time around. I personally didn't like the campaign very much mm-hmm. uh, for Battlefront 2, but everything else I loved. Um, the way you could play as the players, the amount of things you can do. Um, there's so many, just building up your skills in there. So squadrons, I think, I mean, even with the PS5's new engine, it's just going to be amazing. And if, if they get the sound design right, I think it's just going to be a great game. I'm, I'm not going to see it. Yeah, and I, I just pull up more details to that article, like more about the game itself. And they're like, EA's claiming there could be no microtransactions. Mm. 
in the game itself. Um, one thing I do want to pull out, it looks like the PlayStation like CEO, because we were talking about the PS5 and the price and stuff. And I just pull up, there's a hot, it's one of the hot topics that are trending right now on, um, really? on comicbook.com and under their gaming thing. And they're saying right now, so far there's been multiple placeholder prices. This is an article written by Tyler Fisher. Um, pretty much there's been multiple placeholder prices that have been comped including one for 700 But it's unlikely it will actually cost that much. That said, in multiple cases, only answer just that PS5 could be on a bit on the expensive side. Just in Ryan Pierce Echo, while he does not state the exact price by any means, he Frames the conversation in terms of value. So yeah. a lot of people are saying right now, a lot of people are saying possibly 500. 500? At launch, some are saying 600. But I see it. I see it. I see it and I saw they announced like, like accessories. They announced like a new camera attachment, new media controller, a dual charging station for the controllers, a new wireless headset mm-hmm. for the PS5. And then of course a stand that allows you to stand it up. Like I said, they'll have two editions. I wonder if there's going to be a price difference between, you know, getting the, digi- the, the digital standalone versus the disc drive. But it's like, for me, I love my movies. I like I have Blu-rays. I have to stick with, like, if I do get it, eventually if I do get it, I would want to get the one with the drive, with the Blu-ray drive. So that way I can watch my movies on there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can, I can see it getting a bundle thing, but that's where I think it's going to drive the cost to be over 800 and um, and for them heading into this weird times for them to still push that holiday time date and relying on their workers because God knows Sony doesn't need the money because they have tons of money already. But for them to go through this mysterious, you know, let's not say the price just yet. And if they did, I'm sure that would deter a lot of people from spending a lot of money, which they, sh- you know, during these times, it's not easy to go around. So, I, but for them to do a whole bundle package, I can't, I mean, it might inch close to a thousand. I'm, I wouldn't want to be surprised, especially when they're going to have two types of consoles and a lot of launch titles are going to be kind of in the realm with so many accessories going in. I can see it getting bundled with the control, the media, the media control, mm-hmm. maybe an external hard drive get thrown in there. You never know, yeah. especially with that deal with Seagate. So I wouldn't be surprised. And if, they want to remain competitive with Xbox since they're not really announcing anything since they just did the Series X not too long ago. So I can see them doing that and just being, you know, let's set the standard now before, because then what's Xbox going to do? They're going to have to play that game because yeah. they're not out. They're not saying shit. So if they set the standard now and set up that bundle, that's very, that's a key move I can see Sony doing to where then Xbox has to play catch up. And we all know Every time Xbox plays catch up, something bad happens. Yeah. And PS PS Five has always been the cool the cool fucking system to have. And more, yes, the competition is different online between both systems. But now that more crossplay is happening over and over with games. Yeah, but over, now games. I that's just gonna eliminate that. It's just it's it's just gonna make I, games it's gonna, better. To me, I see with the whole cross platform is pretty much a, more of a comfort type of thing. I mean, yeah, I know both sides, you know, Xbox are open to it, and Sony was, like, more, like, closed off, saying, no, why are we doing that? We're going to flood the service. But, no, think about it. It's all pretty much going to be, now with this competition, it's all be based on preference now. It's like, some people are, they're still fans of Xbox, still lean towards Xbox, but as long as, you know, there are game developers who are open to create the game, that's what I think they're doing now when it comes to these multiplayers and stuff. 
they're looking at cross-platforming as a way, as an advantage. Because now, say that you got friends that have an Xbox and you have a and you're in the PlayStation family, and then you guys can play against like I would take Fortnite for example. You can play Fortnite against each other or play together because now you can play. You have the opportunity to play on the servers. It's all about opening the servers. That's all it is. Because they all operate in a certain server. Yeah, there are locks because one server is dedicated to Xbox users, there's one dedicated to PC, there's one dedicated to Sony. So it's all about opening the, the doors. And like I said, it's not like you know they're not going to lose money out of it. It's just you know people have their preference. It's all based on you know, what the gaming library is. Mm-hmm. And it depends, you know, they're more like for people that they're fans of Japan, they're more the JRPGs, role playing, you know, certain exclusives. Yeah, they'll lean towards Sony, but if they lean to Xbox, you can tell Xbox puts more effort, you know, when it comes to some indie titles, but Halo is one of their big breadwinners, and of course, you know, Call of Duty's always been a big one on their platform as well. So it's like, to me, it's like, they're, yeah, there's gonna be competition, but, you know, it's just based, I would say it's just based on a person's preference. I mean, it's it, it was all different when, you know, back in the 90s with the console wars, because you had, you know, all the campaigning between Mark, uh, Sony and Nintendo at the time. Not Sony, I mean Sega and Nintendo at the time. Because remember, we had Nintendo, Sega, were the big dogs, and then, of course, Atari tried to come back with the Jaguar, that didn't work out, or, um, you know, Neo Geo was cool, because it was a straight, you know, rip from the arcades, but that was the thing that killed the Neo Geo was, of course, the pricing. What kind of killed it, and of course, you know, Atari tied with the Jaguar and failed. And then, you know, all those campaigns that Nintendo and Sega were doing it before, you know, Sony decided to jump into the game due to their relationship with Nintendo. And Sony jumped in the thing, and we had the big three. And then, of course, you know, that involved to, you know, Sega going to being more based, you know, developing base again. And, you know, um, Microsoft, you know, didn't get a software game for years and said, you know, well, let's try our hands in the video game thing. And then we had the big three. It was Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo, which is still going on. Yeah. But now it's like, it depends. Like, to me, it's just now people, people's reference, like, with video gaming now, it's like, there's more people on PC now with Steam and stuff. So it's like, now you got that market as well. But you got the PC streamer, like, PC, like, you got Steam. So it's like another thing as well. And speaking of Steam, you know, they did, they released last Friday, they released Persona 4 Golden, which is, was a... Basically, an enhanced version of Persona 4, which was came out like in 2008 at the end of the PlayStation 2's life in Japan. Um, and it got, they did a Golden, which was like a, a little enhanced version of it for the PS Vita. It finally came out on Steam, and of course, it's 20 bucks right now on Steam. People are going crazy because, you know, I played Persona 5 Royale, and now PS Persona 4 Golden came out. People are wondering, is, are they going to do a port to the PS4? They had, you know, Atlas hasn't said anything yet. Now people are now jumping into Persona 4 Golden right now on Steam because now they get to play it. Because, you know, Persona series is a really good series, but normally those games were on PlayStation 2 or on Portable. And like I said, I've been playing Legend of Heroes. It's another series as well that I got into because thanks to the PlayStation. But going back to that, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's all based on preference. Yeah. What they're going to decide to do. But we'll have to wait and see. Like I said, the titles look, you know, awesome. And I'm looking forward. Like I said, it's all about the pricing. So, um, one thing I just saw right now on CBR that the Oscars are being delayed until April on next year. Nah, who cares? Gives <laughs> a fuck about Hollywood right now. Like the, the movies are not gonna happen for a while. Everything's just going straight to the whatever they have in the backlog. It's all going straight into streaming anyway. So. I know ten they got delayed to the end of the month, and what what's cool about it is they're gonna release Inception again in theaters. 
Yeah, because what else? Is, like I said, it's just backlogs of shit. And I, I don't mind. I'll see him sell again, but AMC's already porting bankruptcy and trouble, and they've had a lot of real estate. And I, I just don't see the theater industry recovering from this. It's been three months, almost four. Mm-hmm. It's like there's no... I, I don't know what people are expecting to... They want to go back to normality, but it's no such thing anyway, so that's not going to... The, the theater industry is going to take a big blow, but I, I, I want drive-ins to come back anyways. That's a good idea. Everyone would be safe in the cars. You can kind of control who gets in your car there. And What's wrong with the drive-in? You're convenient. You sit in your own seat. You don't have anybody really interrupting you. The only difference is in a dark room, but that's why drive-ins sometimes open up at night. I When I went last year, it was great. Watching a double feature was kind of cool. And for, I think... I think it was a lot cheaper than to pay for what a one ticket to one movie at nine o'clock or at night. You know, I got a double feature for just mm-hmm. twenty bucks. I think it was nothing. So twenty bucks to yeah. see two th- two recent movies. Yeah, because I know right now Cinemark is one of like I saw it's one of the movie chains that are going to slowly open their theaters. Um, they, I guess they're going to start where their corporate headquarters is based, and they're slowly going to roll out the openings. As more states are like pretty much um, lifting the restrictions, um, and they said that they're like I said they're going to try to follow like social the guidelines by the CDC. They'll have employees wear masks, but they're going to they're going to be pretty much you know encouraging customers like they don't have to wear them, but they'll encourage them as well to wear masks, you know, just for the safety wise. Um, and yeah, it's going to be to me. And then of course, you know, a lot of like California reopening, like some of the studios are probably going to go in production soon. I heard like Jurassic World, like the third film in the Jurassic World series is going to go back into production again, supposedly. And then I saw something that, you know, I saw that, um, you know, all James guys are working on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. He's saying that possibly, he said this could be the last time with the current team. Wow. So if they do it, our Guardians will be with a different, you know, lineup. And possibly James Gunn might not come back to their franchise after the stuff, the third one. Hmm. We'll have to wait and see because, like I said, it, we're, he's probably doing the finishing touches on the, the Suicide Squad, the reboot. Um, and like I said, it's, with a lot of movie productions getting pushed back because of COVID right now, it's going to be a lot of time before Hollywood starts like picking up the pieces again. I mean, so, like it's whatever those people. Are living different lives that I'm sure they weren't really affected by this. Well, at least more of the elite actors, but everyone else, I, I feel bad for. I, I feel bad more or less for the the production teams because and the the staff maintaining the operations and all. Those are the people who are really affected. Like the celebrities get paid before they even are on set. It's their contracts, and we all know these are pretty inflated contracts. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I'm not saying acting isn't a difficult job because it definitely is, but it definitely is a difficult job, and it's a talent. But it's not something that if we're going on this essential kick of mm-hmm. deeming what's essential or not, I'm not saying entertainment isn't, but there's different mediums and acting. I think at this time, I can only there's all these production houses have things that they don't want to push just yet, so. Let's continue the backlogs. Let's continue to just give them straight to the consumer as opposed to having them go to using these old traditional methods that at the end of the day are probably going to go away because people's fear of being around each other is only going to go up and up even with these little outbreaks happening. So people are going to... I I saw an ad for the other day for the same people, Bloomhouse. 
they did the Invisible Man. They just have a new horror movie that's supposed to come out this Thursday with Kevin Bacon, Amanda Seyfried, uh, and it's it's cause you sh it's called like you should have left. And it's you know you're running the middle of the horror movie. They they family with a new baby girl, like or yeah. a, a young girl, like they move into this house and then she starts seeing stuff. And it's like you know your typical haunted house. We need to get the fuck out of here. Why did we move? In there? Yeah. But it's with you know Kevin Bacon, Amanda Seyfried, and the same people who made the Invisible Man, which had just come out. Uh, a, what was it a couple months ago with um, Elizabeth Moss mm -hmm. the, the re I guess you could say uh, reimagining I'm going yeah. to have to call because I know the rest of yeah like an adaptation like a reimagining yeah um, but and give or take it's like Kevin Bacon which is cool he's been having a lot of success with his own podcast and I think it's called Bacon with Bacon, <laughs> uh, Bacon. and then like he, he's been doing stuff with Apple TV as well so I just think as far as developing entertainment and TV shows, streaming is just going to be the name of the game now. And that we've already gotten so much, so much new content going through Netflix and, and through Hulu and, and Disney Plus. Hopefully, if they get their game going more and everything else, it's just like, why only rely on that? You know, on Demand's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. And if you feel, I think I have a better experience watching in the comfort of my own room as opposed to going to a theater, hearing a bunch of people talk half the time, sometimes there's delays, I don't know, you sit through 20 million previews, only, in, and if you sit there and you watch a movie, it could suck, and then they'll, great, I just wasted 15, 20 dollars on a ridiculous experience at the movie theater, I didn't even enjoy the movie, but I can stay at home, watch uh, Into, Into the Spider-Verse uh, 5 million times, and enjoy it every single time, because... It's a solid movie. I'm in the comfort where I want to be, and I'll have all the snacks that I want around me. Yeah. So, and if you don't want rent it, how much is renting a movie on Amazon now? Like two, three bucks. Yeah, it's about like it's all like three yeah, bucks. So, and you get like 24 hour access to it, so you can stream as much as you want in the next 24. Yeah, hours. and if you really love that title, then you're probably just gonna end up buying it on Blu-ray to keep it forever. So, at the end of the day, I think those traditional methods of of consuming media is it's all about streaming and this is why they should just make the internet a utility but here we are uh i just don't i don't see the theaters coming back and now with the new system coming out it's just another reason to like oh sweet i just even i have a, a thing that now supports 4k and if i have a 4k tv that's probably better than a projector screen see that's the one thing that you know that's the one thing that's gonna not that's another like i would say to me it's more of an obstacle because it's like if I want to experience to get to the next gen, like now you got to upgrade your television. But I'm seeing like now, I think, you know, I think with the Target, with the Roku built-in TVs, they're like 4K, they're not as expensive now. No, I think there's like, you can even get like a decent 40 inch for like 250 bucks that I saw over my time in Target and with the Roku built into it. So kind of save yourself paying that extra like 40 bucks just to buy the actual attachment to it. So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, if you want to get that true experience, you have to get a 4K. It's just to appreciate you know, the graphics, but at the same time, like the coloring and the sound. And in more much on the visual standpoint. But you do bring up a point by, you know, movies right now. It's like, yeah, I mean, you know, people are staying home right now with no theaters closed. It's like, yeah, we, luckily we live in an age where, yeah, we could rent a movie. On, you know, on Amazon or any of these, like, Voodoo, all these other streaming services, you can rent a movie or something on it. But it's like, and of course, people do miss the thing of going to an actual movie theater, sitting down eating popcorn. Yeah, so. But yeah, we have the conveniences, but it kind of, you know, 
takes away the illusion of being in a movie theater. You know, that's one of the things. The, 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 you know, going back to normalcy. Because remember, they just opened, like, restaurants uh, in some states, you know, with outdoor patios. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, eventually, hopefully, you know, some states go to phase four and stuff. You know, some are in three, you know. And I saw, like, they had, like, a map, you know. I don't know where I saw this map where they had, like, a geographical map of the U.S. with the cases and stuff. And I saw, like, the Midwest right now is, like, dark green. Even New York right now is only got decreasing cases right now. But right now, like, the hotbeds right now, like, Florida, Texas, you know, California right now. Basically, the western and southern parts of the U.S. are seeing a spike in cases right now with COVID. It's because some of those states decided, you know, we're going to open everything right away. You know, but the problem is there's only risks, you know, it does, there's a peak in it. Yeah, we might not show, like, a lot of people say with this coronavirus is like, well, my, now you don't want to show symptoms now, but it takes time to incubate. That's what this virus does, like, it kind of, you know, mutates itself, you know, to the point, and it starts showing symptoms. But like I said, with movies, it's like, yeah, it's going to be a while, because I know with Bill and Ted, like, last week, they, now they showed the first trailer for that. And I mean, Chris Nolan's like, Ted, and, you know, people are looking forward to that as well. But, you know, with the Oscars going next year, so it's like, in the course of Comic-Con, announced that, you know, they're doing a virtual event where it'll be free for everybody. But what I like about what Comic-Con's doing, they'll have panels and stuff. Which like, is what I really care but about. But I like why they'll have exhibitors, but what I like why they'll have links to the ex- exhibitors so you can buy their stuff. Mm-hmm. So at least you get to support them. And then with a lot of, like, small businesses opening up their doors right now, too, that kind of, you know, we need to help them out and give them a push. Um, anything else uh, you saw today, Biko, that pretty much, you know... Um, yeah, the Supreme Court, if you're into uh, the lay of the land in this country, for what it even, if that even is a thing anymore, the Supreme Court delivered a major victory for um, LGBT communities, well, essentially for their employees... And they made a federal ruling that uh, business owners cannot fire or discriminate hiring practice based on sexual orientation hmm. or gender identity, which is, it's obviously the Supreme Court ruled it in action because uh, our president was trying to roll back on that stuff, which he's been rolling back on a lot of these, a lot of things that Obama set forth with it. at this point. If you aren't really aware, it just sounds like, you know, I, the kid at the sandbox is jealous that this guy did a better sandcastle. Now he's taking his tools and going home. And he's repealing everything that I guess you could say the Democrats have put in place under mm-hmm. Obama's administration. But uh, I'm reading from NPR.org, and it's updated since 6 o'clock today. In a historic decision, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled Monday that the 1964 Civil Rights Act protects gays, lesbians, and transgender employees from discrimination based on sex. The ruling was 6-3 to three with Justice Neil Gorsuch, President Trump's first appointee to the court writing the majority opinion. The opinion was joined by Chief Justice John Roberts and the court's four liberal justices. Today we must decide whether an employer can fire someone simply for being homosexual or transgender. The answer is clear. He found such discrimination is barred by the language in the 1964 law that bans discrimination in employment based on race, religion, national origin, or sex. This decision is a huge victory for the LGBTQ plus community and a major loss for the Trump administration, which has sided with employers in their case in the three cases before the court. Two involved employees who sued after contending they had been fired because they were gay. One of them, Gerald Bostick, won awards for his work as a child welfare coordinator for Clayton County, Georgia, but said he was fired after he joined a gay recreational softball league. Like, really? As he told NPR in October of last year, within months I was fired for being gay. 
I lost my livelihood. I lost my medical insurance. I was recovering from prostate cancer at the time. It was devastating. The second case involved Donald Zarda, a now-deceased skydiving instructor who was gay. The third case was brought by Amy Stevens, who had worked for six years as a male funeral director in Livonia, Michigan, but was fired two weeks after she told her boss that she was transgendered and would be coming to work as a woman. She <laughs> died earlier this year, but her case lived on. Gorsuch couched his, couched his opinion in terms of the text of the 1964 statute and its ban on discrimination because of sex. And I quote, It is impossible to discriminate against a person for being homosexual or transgender without discriminating them based on sex, the justice wrote. He gave the example of the two employees attracted to men, one male, the other female. If the employer fires the male employee for no reason other than the fact that he's attracted to men, but not the woman who is attracted to men, that is clearly firing based on sex, he said. The Gorsuch opinion drew two dissenters, one from the court's other Trump appointee, Brett Kavanaugh, which we all fucking knew is not fit for that position, but here we are. So that Trump's two appointees were in a verbal version of what Yale law professor William Eskridge called trench warfare. Justice Samuel Alito, joined by Justice Clarence Thomas, wrote the lead dissent. It accused, it accused the majority of sailing under a textualist flag. Hmm. Essentially pretending to remain true to the words of the statute, but instead updating it to better reflect the current values of society, which we should be doing constantly with our legis legislation. John Borsch, who represented the funeral home in the transgender firing case, agreed. They followed the culture, not the law, he said. Gorsuch acknowledged that Congress in 1964 likely did not have the LGBT community in mind when it banned discrimination based on sex. But he did. He said in words of, but he said that the words of the statute are very clear, and he pointed to several major court rulings since the law's passage have read it expansively. For instance, to bar discrimination against women because they have children, and to ban sexual harassment against both men, women and men. As Gorsuch said of the title, I think it's seven. The limits of the drafter's imagination supply no reason to ignore the law's demands. Oh God! So he wrote a 33-page opinion. However. Gorsuch invoked several potential caveats. He noted, for instance, that some employers might have valid religious objections to hiring gay or trans workers, but he added that worries about how the 1964 civil rights law will intersect with religious liberty are nothing new, pointing to the 1993 Religious Freedom Restoration Act as a super statute that may offer a potential lifeline to employers who object on religious grounds to hiring gay or trans individuals. Um... They said that Monday's ruling was remarkable in many respects. Nearly half the states have no legal protection for LGBTQ employees. Now, with federal law protecting these employees in those states from firing and other, from, and other adverse employment decisions made on the basis of their sexual orientation or gender identity. Wow. So, and it's, I guess, what, how, this could, how this could damage the reputation of the Trump administration, saying... It's a direct rebuke to his administration, which sided with the employees, with the employers in these cases, which makes sense coming from a Republican conservative, and has used its rulemaking power to issue new directives that take away previous protections for transgender individuals. Um, although the LGBTQ community advocates acknowledge that there may well be legal bumps ahead, Stanford law professor Pam Carlin voiced her optimism that. A few that few LGBTQ workers will face discrimination from large employers such as corporations, hospitals, and universities. We don't really see anyone 
other than the conference of Catholic bishops come in and make an argument that there are large numbers of employers who refuse as a blanket matter to hire people who are lesbian, who are gay, or who are bisexual, or who are transgender, Carlin said, who argued one of the Title VII cases before the Supreme Court in October. So, yeah, what they mentioned there is it makes sense, is that, you know, even with this being federal law, we're going to see, you know, religious autonomy Mm-hmm. being a factor that's probably going to be raised up in courts if we see more cases like this pop up where people are getting discriminated, discriminated against for things that, frankly, it's none of your employer's business. No, it's not. Just like many other things that we can argue all day about being ridiculous things that they hold over you outside of your, in, within your personal life as it is. Um, I think this is a big win as far as putting them under the Civil Rights Act. I think it's important uh, for people to just to feel that their livelihoods aren't going to be taken away from them based on what their sexual preferences or how they like to identify themselves as. So I think this is major. And for the federal courts to rule in, in favor of that is amazing. Um, even with the 6-3 majority vote, you know, I, I, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that we're going to see a lot of, for instance, maybe Chick-fil-A <laughs> will probably do some shit. <laughs> I'm not going to be surprised if they don't put a letter out. I mean, they're already doing I mean, into this campaign. So yeah. People, if you, if, I know you love chicken sandwiches so much, but I guess you like Trump too. And hey, man, you can eat whatever you want at the end yeah. of the day. I get it. Hey, it's, dude, I just had Brenner right now with Denny, so I'm like, mm-hmm. it's so good. It's so good. I had but, it. But other than that, I'm like, it's like right now, with times how they are right now, you know, with the movement right now, I mean, I'm glad that at least this community is being, you know, seen as the same, you know, wow. they have the same rights as everybody else. Which to me, honestly, for me, yeah, I'm, I, we grew up Catholic. I know now you're, you're an atheist, but no, I'm, I'm not a, a practicing I Catholic. I'm more like, I'm more like universal. So I respect everyone's traditions, but for me, it's like, I'm, I'm glad that you know, at least they're being treated the same as everybody else. You know, their rights are not going to be taken away. They're not going to be discriminated against, which is awesome. So I'm glad the Supreme Court decided, you know, hey, they have as much rights as everybody else. Yeah. And to me, it's like, honestly, the world needs to be changed. It's like, it's this, this stuff happened, like, stuff like this, like, happened so long time ago. And of course, back then, you know, it's always looked down upon because, you know, a lot of people were, the church controlled everything. But it's like, it still does. I mean, yeah, they have their voice in it, but now it's like times are changing. People are evolving. Ideals are being introduced. I know, like I said, I know the Pope's been like, Pope. He's been, like, changing everything. He's trying to shake up things up, you know, being more open, being more inclusive. And, you know, they're being more inclusive. Like, you know, that's what I like. You know, he's not going to discriminate anymore. It's like, it's like he's trying to do things, try to change, like, the old ways. Yeah. Um, the, new, the old traditions. So, like that, you know. They have a quote on, from Trump. Oh, what, what did he, he say? Speaking to reporters, he, uh... What he said of the ruling was they've ruled and we lived with the decision of the Supreme Court. He called the opinion very powerful. Hmm, okay. Former Vice President Joe Biden, the presumptive Democratic nominee, praised the Supreme Court's decision in the statement saying, Today, by affirming that sexual orientation and gender identity discrimination are prohibited under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act, the Supreme Court has confirmed the simple but profoundly American idea that every human being should be treated with respect and dignity. Alright, look at that. Whoever wrote that for Biden, pretty good stuff. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's something that should have been done a long time ago, but I'm glad to see it's happening. Now let's uh, 
get back into the focus on Black Lives Matter. But yeah, it's, it's hopefully a big one. we'll it's get a big to one. that. Hopefully we'll get to that. Of course, with like there's a lot of things going on. You know, it's another thing now is like this thing that happened last weekend where John, when uh, African American, like a black guy, was like he's taking a nap at a parking lot, and a Wendy's parking lot guy, he was resting, and all of a sudden the cops opened fire on him. In Atlanta again, didn't Atlanta just had an incident with the six college students? Now this, I mean, no, I think in Georgia. It's like Georgia. it's like now we can't even like we get tired. What's wrong with him taking a nap in a parking lot, guys? As, as long as he, if he's tired, it's better than him being on the road, you know, falling asleep and hitting somebody. And the whole the whole discourse was is on it's online. It's almost like it's almost an hour or something. You could stay. They put the whole thing. It's fucking sad. Like, and I know it, they just passed like what they passed Brianna's law now. They just yeah, got that but passed. But they still haven't convicted the guys. How are you going to pass a law and not convict Not convict guys? the guys who, based on the reports, they didn't write anything. No, they they went to the wrong house. They were they were non-uniformed off off the fucking... Off the clock. Off, no, they were, yeah, basically off the, off the clock, going through a search warrant where they, the dummies didn't even pick the right house. Um, and then the, the boyfriend who was in the house and awake while she was sleeping, they opened fire on them. Uh, but he, he, they arrested him, open fire on him, but he arrested him, but he grabbed his gun, he was a registered gun owner, and what do you think you do if somebody's breaking into your house? You're gonna grab, you're gonna, you're gonna grab, you're gonna defend your home. So he, and the, the later the charges were dropped, they, even though they arrested him, they, they took, they dropped the charges on him, but Brianna was still murdered in cold blood, and the cops are still out. <laughs> yeah, I've been seeing, like, plus, I've been on Reddit, and someone put a video about how, it was in Texas, that, you know, cops were trying to break into a house, Without a search warrant, even the person that owns the house was asking to get a search warrant. Yeah, isn't it a constitutional right? Yeah, isn't it against search and seizure mm-hmm. without a warrant, without probable cause? But you know, why is it this day and age that they like we see like it's funny how you know we see guys you know the you know we have that mind to write the bare arms, but I don't see why they don't enforce the the, the refusal of search and seizure. That's in the constitution. But when you're going into a black person's house again, or a person of color, apparently it's all good. You can ask, don't uh, shoot first, ask questions later. See, that's why you know we, like so I this said, whole cold that's blue shit is ridiculous. No, this is like I said, like I said, I'm glad like the people are going. To oh, and one thing I do want to talk about too before we wrap up tonight, we want to talk about the Dave Chappelle. Oh yeah, eight minutes and forty six seconds. Um, if you don't know, um, you know Dave Chappelle has a good relationship with Netflix. You know he's doing working stuff with them. Um, he what he decided to do, he had, he asked Netflix if they can you know he they he asked one of his friends um backyard he has a big backyard but he has a pavilion where he rents out for weddings in Ohio, in Ohio. so he asked his buddy hey kind of record something with Netflix and Netflix was open to the idea to put the governor of Ohio said it was cool so they set up they invited people and they invited people of course they took the precautions like it's easy protections all the, all the people all the spectators wore masks they sat in a certain distance away from you know the stage and Dave you know he he made some good points he called people out he called that one guy oh, what's his name yeah one anchor or something that was on CNN Don Lemon or something's his oh, name oh god yeah but saying that you know why you need like saying why didn't Dave Chappelle say something about what happened and I like what Dave points a point yeah Eight minutes and forty six. That took, that took how long to kill George Floyd, a man who was calling out for his mom, a guy who was defenseless, a guy who was already detained. And he called out Don Lemon saying, "Why, why didn't celebrities speak out?" 
Well, because Don Lemon is just a CNN pundit who's been on there for years, and he doesn't. They're all robots. But yeah, he to say like where this stuff is like you are on a news network. If anybody should be calling out y'all who are providing information to the masses, call out celebrities who, frankly, comedians are the ones who their job is to make us laugh, but to be insightful in the sense of it's criticizing the weird shit that happens in our society, the, the, the nuance of our society. And for somebody like Don Lemon to call out who I think Dave Chappelle is probably one of the best comedians to ever live. Yeah, I think it's 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 hilarious. No pun intended. It's hilarious to me that somebody like Don Lemon could call him out like that. But Chappelle, we don't want to we don't want to spoil it. But like, it's on YouTube right now, it's, guys. It's twenty something minutes long. You it's on YouTube. It. It's on their channel called Netflix yeah. is a joke. It's, it's, it's on the Netflix channel. channel. Yeah, it's a Netflix comedy channel, and Netflix put left it on there, and. And then Dave gives up points. So one of the things he did say, you don't need my voice. It's already on the streets. The young people are going on the streets. Mm-hmm. Which, honestly, that's true. You know, we're trying to, like, you know, we're, they're trying to get our voices heard. It's like, it's, you know, it's, like we said last week, it's when we had the tough conversation last week, last episode. It's like all about, you know, using the words and not violence. It's like, it's, we're fed up, dude. It's like, it's been, you know, black lives matter. They do matter. Yeah, we're Hispanic, we're Latinx, you know, and there's a lot of minorities. But think about it. To me, I saw them as being the more prosecuted and stuff. And, you know, same thing with us. You know, we share their pain as well. Because it's like, you know, that's something sad. Like what Dave brings up point. Why do you need a celebrity voice to speak up? You don't. It's like the streets are doing The, the streets are doing the they, talking right now. They're the ones that are out there they don't right now. Live, they don't. They don't live the same life as, as normal. And then he, and like Dave makes some other strong points. He calls out people. Yeah, it wasn't like a comedy thing. It was just more like a reflection of what he was giving. It was like classic. It's like just, it was him. It it's was just him cool. being him, you know? Which and I liked great. it. It was really good. 27 minutes. Definitely check it out. It's on YouTube, guys. It's like you can go on like Netflix on there and check Give it out. All the views. I mean, I saw it very early in the morning. We dropped it and it was already at like 690K at like then, 5 in the morning when I watched it. And that barely dropped overnight, so it's just like I can't imagine. It's probably in the mills by now. Oh but, yeah, honest. but it's it's fast, straight to the point. He's he's just a master communicator. What he what he tried to get to, and and there's some people already criticizing it, <laughs> which they always will because you know at the end of the day, people who have certain platforms they they pigeonhole themselves in this view, and frankly. He, Chappelle has never been one to get away from the criticism, he, but he he does a great job but of kind of giving what he thinks, what people should do, and try to bring the community together. And and the venue itself was just very beautiful. I mean, fuck, it looked really cool, very controlled, and, and I'm not surprised the Ohio the Ohio governor let that go because like God, he's 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 a Mark Twain recipient award. Like winner, like he, I like the fact he mentioned his grand, like his great great um, great grandfather yeah. was an abolitionist. Yeah, like he, it's not even that long ago. It's three people ago, like, and this shit's still going on. It's fucking embarrassing. But if you if you believe in America and its values and the idea of America, and you uphold these racist ideologies that are just bad ideas at the end of the day. And just hate, then I don't know. I feel bad for you. You might you might feel like a person who's not living and who without a country. And I understand that. Like, but don't you think on the other side of the shoes? That's how 
people just that's how we feel that's how minorities feel in this country is that on the other side is that we are we are with left without a country mm-hmm. but the people are making changes and there's certain people who don't want to see that but it is happening and you either yeah. catch up or you're gonna be left drowning in the middle of the sea with your other hateful people and that's sad and if you're gonna spend your whole life just hating it's very sad. Yeah, in the case in point right now, like actually, HBO Max just um, removed Gone Gone with the Wind from their library right now. Like they're making all these little changes in the media right now with, um, with censorship. Censorship, censorship. censorship. media is starting to take its case one, which honestly, it's not like it's not a bad thing they took it out, but at the same time, it's like what they should do is bring it back, but at least put a disclaimer saying you know. It was made at a time where this was accepted, but it's not now. These are not the times of, you know, this is not the times. But, like, this is like when Warner Bros., like, we were talking about earlier before we went on the podcast, you know, when um, when they released the Looney Tunes collection on DVD for the first time, and they had all those cartoons where, yeah, they depicted, you know, Aber- like, you know, tribesmen and all this stuff in stereotypical fashion. What I liked about it is they had Whoopi Goldberg do, like, the intro to it, and she, and she said, here's a disclaimer. Well, you, the, the animated features you're about to see was done in a time where, you know, this was common, but does not, you know, project the views of the studio today. Mm-hmm. But not showing it is saying that it never happened. Yeah, because you, you're, how are you supposed to distinguish what hate speech is and what are hateful materials that if were you're gonna in the hide past it. if you're going to hide it? Because nobody learns anything. It's what it's our like, history books have always done and have always done. And what I love about the internet is that a lot of people are finding other resources of what's really happened. It's like, yeah, because I remember, like, on YouTube, right, Looney Tunes, you know, they had a lot of those, like, anti... They had these World War II propaganda shorts where they depicted the Germans and the Japanese as in stereotypical fashion that, you know, Bugs Bunny facing against Nazis. And remember, there was Donald Duck when he had a, you know... Even Disney went the same route as well when they did the whole anti-war propaganda as well where, you know... Donald Duck was like he had a nightmare where he was a Nazi and you know Looney Tunes were the toys with these strange caricatures and stereotypical you know depictions of other cultures and and yeah you can't find those on the collection now but it's like um, you can find my YouTube and like you see why it's offensive now and like with like Disney right now like there's a petition like before we wrap up there's another thing I want to mention was right now there's a petition on change.org Try to get the Disney parks to change the layout of Splash Mountain, like the the theming, because it's based off the Brer Rabbit, but it's from that one film that's never been released ever again called Songs of the South, which was, of course, you know, Disney's thing about, you know, supposedly happy life on the plantation. When, of course, the big thing, the big thing, takeaway was they had a combination of animation and, you know, live action. <coughs> live action. And the character of Brer Rabbit. So now, Disney, right now, people are petitioning them for them to rebrand it. I mean, keep Splash Mountain, but rebrand the theming. And one person says doing Princess and the Frog, which to me is an underrated Disney film, which I've had, lucky with Disney Plus, we'll be able to see it. But to me, because it's one of the last films that was one of the last films done with hand-drawn animation before they went back went to digital. It's about like Tiana, who you know her dream is to open her own cafe and stuff, and it's a good story. It's about the South, you know, the Bayou and all that stuff. But it doesn't get that much of attention. It doesn't get a lot of recognition. That to me, I mean, you'll see the characters. You know, she makes appearance in the parks. Even the villain makes appearance in the parks as well. 
Um, no, the time you ever saw her was like in Ralph Breaks the Internet, but it doesn't get to me. That film does not get enough push and recognition that it deserves. And I saw the artist re- rendering that the, they're proposing, and it looks kind of cool. I mean, they can keep the water portion of it. They can change the theming, but the same. I mean, they're not releasing Song of the South anytime soon. Disney will never release that film. That film is never going to leave at the time of day. But. At least, you know, I know they're trying their best to hide the history of it, but that it we got the internet, it's not gonna go away. No. It's always gonna get uncovered, but but yeah, it's like yeah, like things like that needs to be changing and it's it's things like, you know, but I mean they could do a plaque or something just saying, Hey, this was the original base of it but it's like but they can do a retheming. I mean, during like like if you want to Disneyland or Disney World during Halloween season, they rebrand the Haunted Mansion when they came out the Nightmare Before Christmas, which is kind of cool. Um, but we have to wait and see. You know, I know there's like a lot of companies are donating to the Black Li- Black Lives Matter movement, which is awesome. Like like Disney and all of them are stepping up to donate. Um, I think John Cena was donating as well, and you know, thinking of WWE, um, we saw backlash last night. You know, we keep saying wrapping up, we keep adding more stuff. Um, they did show that the greatest uh, wrestling match ever, what they were claiming with Edge and Randy Orton. I mean, it was a long match. And I was reading right now that, you know, Edge did suffer because apparently they did some research. Because they filmed these things ahead of time. But apparently he suffered a torn tricep because I even noticed at the end of the match, you see a bruise on Edge's arm. And usually when you tore a tricep, it leaves like a bruising. I just read that he did suffer that. I didn't say what spot he suffered in it. I think it was a spot that they had to re-record again. But he felt a pop. And so they edited it out? They didn't do a reshot and they wow. But he finished the match, but they said and I think he had surgery today and they said it went well. And who knows I mean he right now he's on a limited um he signed a deal with WD, but it's for a limited time, you know. Only certain amount of matches per year. Because he's old. So, because remember, he just came back from memory. Like you know, he had like three fusion neck fusion surgeries after he retired in two thousand eleven, and trying to work his way back. Like nine years to work his way back to wrestling again, doing something he loves. I mean, he acted in other shows. He acted in um, Vikings as well. But he, you know, it's that itch. Like you want to go back into the ring. You know, that itch never goes away. And he and you got applauded for the effort he put into you know come back from something like that. But it sucks now. He's now he has a setback with his tricep injury. But let you know, Edge. You know, you know, he'll get well soon, buddy. You know, take care of yourself. You know, I know fans are appreciated that you were able to come back from this and you come back stronger than ever. And then I just read now that um, tomorrow you know WWE does their backstage show on Tuesdays at Fox Sports One. Uh, they announced Bret Hart's gonna be on there, and CM. And then it's funny CM Punk. You know who is like a analyst. Who does like certain appearances? Like he'll be on the show once a month or something. And tell me a joke because you know Bret Hart just coined as the best there is, the best there was, and the best there will be. And CM Punk is the best in the world. People start saying, "Punk, I'll give you on there." And Punk actually kept joking, saying, "I'm not booked." And even to Renee Young, who's one of his fellow correspondents, she's like, "You want me to find a place FaceTime in?" Now they announced today that Punk will be on the stream itself. We'll be on backstage tomorrow. So it'll be cool to see him twice in a month. and So it'll be cool. I mean, not because they're doing backstage with Zoom. They're using Zoom to do film backstage right now until, you know, they can go into studios again. Um, so it'll be cool to see how Bret Hart and CM Punk VR would see the eye again. Because I don't, I think they only mentioned, they only ran to each other like once. The Blue Moon, but it'll be cool to see what 
Because I know Punk, you know, you know, he reveres Bret Hart as one of the great wrestlers as well. I mean, I like Bret Hart, you know. I mean, he's the best there is, the best there was, but there will be. It doesn't change my opinion of him. He's a performer, and you can tell he helps a lot of guys. He helps Steve Austin. Even Steve Austin credits Bret Hart for helping him out in the ring. Because he always looks out for whoever he's in the ring with. He always looks out and finds a way to bring out the best of anyone. So it'll be interesting to see. It's like that. will be on tomorrow night. Uh, Biko, before we wrap up, anything on Reddit that's trending right now? I know on Twitter, T-Mobile is like one of the trending things you know, right now. That was just the one thing I wanted to bring up was just T-Mobile. Everything else is just that. And PS5 rumors and then the ruling of today being the Supreme Court's decision. Uh, and just more, more, more people who... Who are going to police brutality? There was a body found, the second body of an African American found in L.A. Oh yeah, the hanging, yeah. which they're trying to deem it's a suicide. But, but honestly, dude, not. no, it's not. The I mean, is... a lynching, guys. It's like really. Yep. Even now we're going back to that. Now they're going back to that old method again, mm-hmm. where the lynching has been banned for so many years, hundreds of years. This is just—it's like I said. Times, man. Times are. Nuts. You're nuts, like you said, but like I said, we just gotta keep the movement going. So um, that's all we got. I mean, we're gonna wrap up this episode tonight, get some rest. Um, we do want to mention uh, this is the first time we're actually video streaming our podcast as well. Um, you can catch our if you want to catch this stream, and of course now moving forward, we'll have audio on Anchor, but we'll also be available on Restream on um, Twitch and YouTube. So, you, like I said. If you go to uh, twitch.tv and search for Talking Pop, you can find us on there. On the Talking Pop Twitch channel, make sure to hit that follow button. Um, you can also check us on YouTube as well. Just go to the franchise channel. You'll get a link to the, the event on there as well. Um, you can follow the podcast at Pop Talking. Like I said, if you see this t-shirt right now, you can get this t-shirt right now at teespring.com. Search for Talking Pop. Like I said, we got shirts, we got hoodies, we got tank tops right now. It's summer, it's warm. Um, you know, support the podcast. Um, you can follow the backlog of episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you get your podcast fix. Um, uh, I started a Twitch channel myself with gaming, with casual gaming. Um, you can find me at twitch.tv slash franchise 685. I try to do my streams on Sunday nights um, due to my work schedule. You can find me there right now. I'm currently playing Our World Has Ended. The last play was like almost four hours long. To the point I, I kept falling asleep at the tail end of the stream that I had to stop myself. But follow me on there as well to get notifications when I'll stream again. Um, like I said, um, guys, um, keep up on the news. Love pop culture. It's never going to go away. As long as there's pop culture stuff happening, we're going to be here to talk about it. So as for the franchise, I'm geek on, take care, wash your hands, and Black Lives Matter. <laughs>